Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... Good day, mate. How are you doing? Josh, welcome, Rob Beckett. There we go. G'day, mate. Go and do an Aussie accent, Josh. You can do it, can't you? G'day, mate. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, I've worked with one long enough. Can you say anything else? G'day and welcome to the last leg. <laughs> I'm Adam Hills. Keep talking. Keep talking. This week we'll be uh, discussing... That's not how he starts the show, is it? Oh, no, he said something like, it'd be a topical thing. It, the show that likes to... The, uh, this is a timeless episode, but say it was a few weeks ago, he'd say like, good day and welcome to The Last Leg, the show that... Uh, uh, Are you okay, Josh? I'm having a breakdown. <laughs> I just wanted you to do an Aussie accent. Now you're working, talking about the mechanics of The Last Legs production. <laughs> do you know, Rob, because it's so drilled down... Because you know when, like, you just watch a show, you don't think of, like, yeah. the furniture's so the same. Yeah. And there's a bit at the start. Is this not that round thing anymore? It's sort of individual chairs, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like a hangover from lockdown. That is a hangover from lockdown. Do you know what happened in lockdown? You know, we used to all like, sit on a long bench and then Hillsley would be across. And then in lockdown, yeah. the guests would have to sit on the other side. And suddenly we were like, do you know what? It's much better when it's not everyone sat in a fucking line. So we learned that from lockdown anyway. Yeah, it's basically a panel show that they don't want to commission, even though they're really funny. Yeah, exactly. Well, there we go. No one makes panel shows anymore, do they? No one makes panel shows anymore. We were there the golden age. You snuck it in just the way they've sat. Do you know, Rob, mm. here's something for you fucking stiff necks at The Guardian. <laughs> I spent 10 years doing panel shows. Every year, The Guardian, someone would write an article saying the panel show's dead. <laughs> and it wasn't. It is now. The Guardian haven't fucking picked up on it. They've noticed. <laughs> Do you know what, though, Josh? It'll come back around again, you know. Well, well it's not dead, actually. On demand. Our one. Oh, yeah. We're doing one in the autumn. We are. Do you know what? We're bringing back the fucking panel show. Bringing it back. It's back. We're at the top of our game. I think that's where we're at our best of the panel show. Yeah. Do you? Laughing at other people. Riffing. Oh, just going off on tangents. I love doing a panel show. It's so much fun. I don't want to have to, you know, sleep in a tent or build a little crate because Alex Horn had an idea three weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to sit down, take the piss out of someone off reality TV and enjoy myself. Exactly. I don't want to stand up. I don't want to get involved. I didn't like standing up on What the Week. Oh, mate. I hated that. People always enjoy it when we uh, talk about our experience on a panel show. Have I ever told you about the Mad Bad Ad show, Rob? I did the run-throughs of that where I had to basically pretend to be Mickey Flanagan because he was a team captain. So people don't know about the (laughs) run-throughs. Run-throughs of panel shows. You basically meet in like a church hall. Yeah, like where you'd have a kid's birthday, but in central London. Where you'd have a kid's birthday and then there'll be some tables out and there'll be the main person that hosts it and then four comedians that aren't yet 
ready to go on panel shows that are being paid 50 quid. And they'd never get booked on it. It's not even like an audition, really. It's just run through the round. Yeah, no. So it'd be like you, who's not got 20 minutes of material, and then David Williams will be hosting it in the same room. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, oh my God, there's David Williams. Yeah. In your tracksuit. Yeah. Because it's not a telly thing. He's just in no. a tracksuit in a church hall. Yeah. So I did one for David Williams' Wall of Fame when I was very new, which yeah. is a Sky panel show. I don't know if you remember it. Hosted by David Williams and about famous people. Yeah. And um, there was a pillar in the room. Yeah. And they'd set up the tables and my table was behind the pillar. So I was, I was unsighted from, because you don't even have an audience, you just have the production team. Yeah. So there were six people, David Williams in the middle, and you couldn't even see me because I was behind a pillar. How did it go? Awfully. Terribly. I remember one bit, and I can't remember what it was, but someone was trying to guess Bono. (laughs) I can't remember why. And the clue was, someone said something like, it's the most famous one of you two. And I said... Oh, it's Adam Clayton, who's the bass player. Right, okay. I didn't know that. And it met... No, but that's the joke. So I wouldn't get that. No, yeah. And it met with total... Because also, remember, that's a voice from behind a pillar. We can't see it. Yeah. A, a voice from behind a pillar saying a name that no one had heard of. I didn't laugh or get it, and I'm looking no, at you, though. No, exactly. Exactly, Rob. So I don't think you can fully blame the pillar. But this is what I remember. And I'm not blaming anyone, but it's ingrained into my head. That moment. Yeah. And Matthew Crosby was my team captain, right? And he didn't laugh. <laughs> Understandably. And then there was a break in filming and he just turned to me and went, I did like the Adam Clayton joke. Just <laughs> Such a nice man, isn't it? And the other person, mm. yeah, so you get 50 quid for this, yeah. Yeah. And you do it because it's like a practice for a panel show. Yeah. And the other person on our team was... So you don't make that mistake again. Yeah, I don't make that mistake again. And then um, I want to say she's called Imogen Lloyd Webber, but she was maybe his daughter or something like that. Get Andrew Lloyd Webber on. He did cats, it says it. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because it wasn't that a panel show joke. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> See why you laugh now. Um, so obviously we'd all just come into town to do this for 50 quid. Yeah. And then after, Imogen Lloyd Webber had quite a bad one, as did I. So I'm not casting as Persians. Is she a comedian? No. What she was there for then? Uh, because they wanted people who could talk about life in celebrity. Right, okay, sure. So, yeah. Afterwards, she revealed she'd lived in New York and that she'd flown over especially for this because she thought it was going to be her big break in television. Oh, no. And then she was still in a church all for 50 quid. And then she was flying back and she delayed moving house because she'd wanted to do this run through for David Williams' Wall of Fame. Oh, no. And I just thought, this is one of the bleakest mornings of my life. This puts my Adam Clayton joke in perspective, I tell you that for free. Adam Clayton must be on a beach somewhere, loving life, and you're there scurrying around Weber's daughter, <laughs> slagging off poor old Adam Clayton. We should get Adam Clayton on here. I'd get him on. You went out with Naomi Campbell at one point. Also, as well, that, you know, was Andrew Lloyd Webber's daughter, but you was almost sick on Andrew Lloyd Webber, wasn't you, at a Christmas party once? Yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> Which you don't like to talk about, but... <laughs> no, I will talk about it now. I've stopped drinking, so I'm, I'm totally open about stuff like that. I'm not wrestling with those problems anymore. Well, but yeah, I think I spoke about it before. I pushed you into the corner so you could be sick into a plant pot. Yeah. Do you know what? It's amazing that I carried on drinking for six years after that. That's the real madness. <laughs> <laughs> you kept going, and then as I, as I took you to the toilet, you kept on being sick all the way, like little cow pats. Awful. Awful. So I had to put you in the toilet. And yet, I didn't think then, this isn't for me. Also, I didn't think it was a problem, though. No. That shows you the kind of people I grew up with. I know. I'm telling you now, part of it, though, Rob, just to say, this is meant to be a lighter episode. (laughs) 
It's easy to hide from yourself when you're in our industry. What do you mean? It's easy to hide. Especially when behind a fucking pillar. <laughs> no wonder you weren't catching producers' eyes. Throwing up on a pillar. No, it's easy not to realise that you might have quite a weird relationship with alcohol when your whole industry is built around yes, booze. Yes, everyone's drinking. Also, what I love about this podcast is there's probably cockneys listening to this thinking you're behind a massive pillow when you would say pillow. <laughs> it's things having a church. It's a big, white, fluffy pillow. I could have done with a pillow after that. You could have done with a bucket shuffling around. Yeah. Anyway... We're here to do some correspondence. Oh, no, we didn't get that person's name from Australia, did we? Sorry. Sorry. Just doing your weird accent. This is my son, Jarvis. Great name. Jarvis. Age six. It's one of those names, though, where it makes you think of one person in particular. The butler from Iron Man. Adam Clayton. (laughs) (laughs) That was Cocker. Jared Scott. I'm listening to his audiobook at the moment. It's very good. Uh, he was very excited to do the intro after overhearing the podcast. I'm a latecomer and have binged three series in a month. Fucking Nora. Fair play. Jarvis is big brother to a four-year-old twin sisters, Jemima and Amelia. It's been a ride and I'm truly thankful for good sleepers. Even more so after listening to some of the apps. We live in Melbourne, Australia. I'm originally from Leeds. Thank you and thank you for the podcast and for the lols, Justine. Thank you, Justine. G'day. Poor old Amelia. Jarvis, Justine, Jemima and old Amelia at the end. Go for another J, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, they've run out. They've run out of Js. What's wrong with Josh? What's wrong with Josh? What's another girl's name with a J? What was her name? Justine. Justine. Justine, Jarvis, Jemima and Amelia. Oh, Julie, June. June, you can't. June. June's the kind of name like people like old people's names now. I think June's a lovely name. June's a lovely name. I like it. Anyway. I've got a message about Brown Noise. You what? You know, you said that because you listen to Brown Noise for like eight hours a night to go to sleep. Oh, note from Spotify, you can change it. So this is what this person said. It said, tell Josh you can click on the three dots on Spotify for any playlist like yeah. the Brown Noise one and click on exclude from taste profile. This will stop it affecting the automatic playlist like Discover Weekly or Daily Mix. Same thing happened to me with the Brown Noise and Deep Sleep playlist from James, Stacey and loads of other listeners. Can I also do it when I repeatedly listen to video games by Lana Del Rey? Why do you listen to that so much? It's just a beautiful song, Rob. It's got a depth. But you don't want to warp in your... I don't want people to know that it's happened. Oh, you listen to that when you're on Maudlin, don't you? Yeah, it hasn't happened recently. Oh, that's good. So is that your sad song you go to? No, what are my sad songs? That is a good sad song. Video game. Video. <laughs> that one. Video games. You're doing Adam Hills again. <laughs> Hi, Rob, Josh and Michael. Your podcast has got me through many early morning gym sessions. Before children, I would never have dreamed of going to the gym at 6.30, but now it's the only time I can go. On the topic of grandparents' names, when I was a toddler, I decided to name all my grandparents after the colour that they mainly wore. So this is when she was a toddler. So I had blue grandma and blue granddad on my dad's side and then had green grandma and white hood granddad. No, I'm joking. Really nice. Really nice. Sorry, I was working that as I read it. Anyway, so she had a blue grandma and blue granddad on my dad's side and green grandma and brown granddad on my mum's side. Yeah. This stuck for the rest of our lives and my three other siblings were forced to use the terms too. Green grandma recently died at 96. Still being called... Black grandma. What's that? Funeral. Where? Black. Oh, black. Okay. Sorry, that sounded worse than it was. Yeah. Well, no, I just didn't. I didn't know what you were doing. You just said black grandma. (laughs) Like a sort of Martin Lawrence film. 
like the opposite of white chicks. Um, green grandma recently died at 96, still being called green grandma. Thanks for being sexy and relatable, Claire and Albans. Oh. Brown granddad can be called brown bread granddad when he dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's sensitive. No, fine. Can I ask you some questions? Yes. I name some people. I want you to tell me what colours they wear generally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lou. Black. Black. Yep. Romesh. Do you know what? Khaki comes to mind. Yeah, khaki. That's good. Blue, khaki, green kind of colour. Yep. Me? Blue and white stripes. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Yeah. I'm just trying to think of someone that people will be interested in us asking. Yeah, the entertainment industry works like you sort of, if we chat about things people might find entertaining or interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Ant and Deck. Uh, It's all navy blue. Should we stop this? Yeah, it's rubbish. (laughs) No, it was good for a bit. I think we just lost our (laughs) way. It was good for a bit, yeah, basically, (laughs) your wife and the two people you work with. That's what we've gone through. (laughs) Okay, here's one, Tom Allen. Tom Allen. Well, he's primarily wearing navy blue in his suits, isn't he? I think of him as grey suits, though. Do you? Yes, I do, actually. Oh, here's a good one. Acaster. Oh, yellow. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Actually, it's quite fun, this. Let's do more. Now. Yes? What is your view on whether we should do more correspondence? 100%. That's a lovely bird I can hear. You're not allowed to say those things these days, Rob. (laughs) But yeah, Rose has just got home. Do you know what I like the most about that? You committed. Yeah. Because <laughs> what danger is at the moment is when you do little jokes like that that could be like playful, sexist jokes like that, obviously it's... That wasn't it. Yeah, no, no, yeah. but it isn't. But because everyone's a little bit tense, yeah, yeah. That you, no one's fully committed to it anymore, and respect that, and it was good and well done. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Never fucking hard down the office for her, was it? And I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. Lies told at school by kids. Do you want this? Yep. Hi, Rob and Josh. I have a story about my child from four years ago when he was in year two. My husband picked him up from the after-school club and was shocked to see our son had a huge bite mark with a bruise and deep teeth marks on his wrist. After our son told him his friend did it to him, absolutely livid, my husband marched to the headmistress's office and demanded to speak to her. Oh, no. She said it was being dealt with and they were trying to find out what happened. I asked my son what had happened and he said a child in a dinner line had bitten his arm Oh. He was sent to the back of the queue for, for doing wrong, and my child, who was a victim of the bite, was sent to the front to get his dinner early. Worth it. I found out who the child was, and from the other parents, he had done this to about four others on the same day. And I did the regrettable thing of sending a text to the mum, oh. who was a friend, to say I wasn't happy and he needed to sort it out. Wow, so he's texted the mum about this because other parents had said it happened to their child. Oh, my word. It's quite intense. This went on for about two weeks with text messages flying around and lots of accusations from children and parents. One night when my child was having a bath, he turned to me and said, Daddy, I did that bite on my arm myself. Oh, my effing G. It turns out all the children involved had bitten their own wrists, <gasps> lied and blamed it on the child that was the naughty one. Oh, no, that's awful. As I had seen from previous bad behaviour, they could get their dinner early and skip the queue if they had been bitten. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. And the accused child who had done wrong would be sent to the back. Oh, my God. Funny story to look back on now. No, not really. No, it's actually awful. I'd say, I'd say those four children are probably going to end up running the country at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a little story from the Eton dinner queue. 
<laughs> that kid's not eating. He's been sent to the back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Here we bloody go. He's eating enough of his own wrist. That's the problem with these guys. They start eating themselves eventually. Oh. Funny story to look back on now, but the time the truth finally came out for my child, I wanted to crawl away and hide under a rock, never to be seen again by that parent. That is grim. I wasn't alone, though, as all the other children finally came clean after I relayed my child's bath confession to the other parents. Louise from Stafford. That is awful. Oh, brutal. One of my friends who was stood in the dinner queue at school and someone put a crocodile clip on his ear. Oh, that's not oh. very nice. No. And he just stood and took it because the other kid was so big. Oh, well, I saw two awful things in a dinner queue line at my school. Mm. Once a kid set fire to a girl's hair with a lighter. Oh, my word. And the amount of hairspray going down in Bromley <laughs> in the mid noughties absolutely <laughs> went up like a rocket. And the other thing, it was bullying, but it was yeah. slapstick-wise, one of the funniest things I've ever seen was this big kid picked up another kid. He wasn't the smallest kid, but he was he was tall, but quite skinny. Picked him up and dropped him in a bin. You know them big school dinner hall bins, big black round ones that are sort of yeah. quite big? He put him in there, like bum first, and he got trapped because his arms were in and he couldn't get them out, <clears> and his legs were hanging over, and he just was sat there like on a high chair <laughs> until... Eventually, oh, no. someone oh, like no. needed to knock oh. him over and he fell to his side and managed to wriggle out like a fish. <laughs> oh, my fucking... It's awful, isn't it? Oh, God. Kids are awful. My kids lied to me the other day. Yeah. Because that downstairs toilet is fixed now. Basically, there was a, it's really boring, but they assembled it and there was a bit missing in the cistern, but now they've got a new bit and it replaced it and it stopped leaking. Anyway, I went in the other day, there was water all on the floor. I said, like, oh, no, it's happened again like that. And I wiped it up. I went, no, but it's in a different spot. So I said, girls, no one's in trouble. But were you playing with the toilet and the toilet water or the flush? Yeah. No one's in trouble because I don't care. I just need to know in case it's leaking again. Yeah, or yeah. if you splash water, just let me know. No, 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 no. We didn't. We didn't. Absolutely not. Yeah. And then one of them went, the flush might have overflowed a bit though on its own. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so you definitely did it. But then I like, wiped it all up. It's not leaked since. It was definitely them. Yeah. Liars. Lying little shit. <laughs> There's loads of good lies here. Do you want another lie? Yeah, hit me with a lie. Hi, Robin Josh. Wanted to tell you about the lie I told at school that still haunts me. Yeah. Picture the scene. It's 1996. Gina G fever is sweeping the nation. Yeah. Remember it well. Don't need to picture it, mate. Was there. I lived it. What was the Gina G song? Ooh, ah, just a little bit. Anyway, Gina G fever is sweeping the nation. And I, a very chubby little six-year-old, decides to tell her entire year two class that she is one of Gina G's backing dancers. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought but because one of the dancers had brown hair no one would notice she wasn't actually a little show off child from Croydon this went on to the point where I would not oh. go to friends houses after school on a Tuesday because that was rehearsal at Gina's house oh my god and would only wear yellow because that's what I wore on top of the pops oh my god then here comes the worst bit another girl in my class started telling people she had also got in and would see me at rehearsals what? So another girl went, yeah, I'm a backing dancer too, and I see her at rehearsals. Ah. I was far too much of a little attention-seeking shelf to let someone else share the limelight, so I told everyone she was lying and how embarrassing it was that she was pretending. I genuinely feel guilty to this day. Bloody hell, this is a dark old episode, this, isn't it? These are fucking... The problem is, awful people were children at some point. No offence, Emily from Croydon, who's emailed in. <laughs> <laughs> Sociopaths were young at some point. It happens. That is mad. That is amazing. I've got another lie from school. Do you want another oh, lie? Oh, yeah, go on. Dear Robin Josh, in primary school, I was close friends with a compulsive liar. Yeah. She lied all the time to get her way. This was between the ages of five to nine. Some of the heavy hitters in her lying repertoire included her uncle was a lion. Right, yeah, that is a big lie. She had a disease where... Oh, wait, one of us needs to do a lion lying pun there, Rob. 
Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, just consider it done. Do it yourself at home. No, you, you can do that one. Go on. She must have been lying. Yeah, I'm sure she was. People must have been roaring with laughter when she said that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I hope she felt some pride. But it pride. would have hurt her pride. Oh, there we go. Your one's better, actually. <laughs> anyway, she also had a disease, she said, where if someone was mean to her, it gave her a heart attack. Oh, my God. And it was called hammer lions because it felt like someone was hitting you with a hammer while a lion attacked you. Oh, my God. Another one. She had three extra siblings and ten rabbits that we simply could not find when I went to her house. Her parents had rented Zac Efron for a birthday party just to hang out with a load of seven-year-old girls. High school musical was all the rage at that point. Yeah. Now, although these sound very comical, she delivered them with such conviction that we all believed her that she would shun those who didn't. Oh, my word. She also stole lots of my stationery and one of my Nintendo DS games, but denied it. This happened to me. Really? A similar thing. The liar at school stole my copy of Sensible World of Soccer. And then just denied it. Denied it. That's the thing of a liar. They're good at it. Yeah. Additionally, I once disagreed with her statement that Frankie and Benny's was the best restaurant in the world. <laughs> and she didn't speak to me for a week. Amelia in Buckinghamshire. Wow. There are people out there that absolutely are nuts, aren't they? I thought you were going to say there are people out there who love Frankie and Benny's. Do you know what? I was quite anti Frankie and Benny's until I had yeah. a pizza there and some chicken wings at the O2 before a gig because it was the only thing open. Do you know what? Top class. Yeah. Look, it's not a foodie place. No. But it's not coming up on the Acaster and Gamble podcast, is it, I imagine? But No, but it's simple. It gets the job done when you haven't got time to sort of hang around in East London for three hours to get into a specialist place that does an artichoke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which does have its audience. Good luck to you. Does have its audience. There are people that do that, but I ain't got the time, mate. It's not what you described the other week as normal, is it, Rob? No, it isn't normal. And do you know what? That is correct. What should we play? What is normal and what's not normal? Yes. I'll run you through some things. Okay. Yeah. Oat milk? Not normal. Not normal. Okay. No, no I'm talking about like UK wide, the main population. This came from you saying that your tastes were normal. Yeah, okay, yeah. So oat milk, not normal, but I'm not against it. I'd say that's a bit like, oh. No, 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 you're not against any of it. Uh, Big Brother. Normal. The Channel 4 News. That's a difficult one. Not normal, really. I don't think anyone's going to that as their main source, are they? No, okay. BBC Six Music. Not normal. <laughs> no, no. Rugby. Oh, that's a difficult one. Do you know what? It's normal, but it's wrong. <laughs> Orange squash. <laughs> Normal. Normal. <laughs> Orange juice. Normal. It's something if you treat yourself. Yeah. White toast. Yeah, that is normal. Sourdough. Not normal, but better. <laughs> I am flexible. <laughs> I'm not a Luddite. I'm just telling you the truth. But I'm aware that sourdough is an elite level bit of toast. But if you give a kid sourdough, the baked beans, it's too crusty. It's too hard for them to yeah, consume. Yeah. Two, right? Knocky, not normal. Mental. Knocky, not normal. Spaghetti? Normal. Yeah. That's fine. What about stuffed pasta? Like, and um, what's that called? Tortellini? No, not for me. Just put some salt, put it on top. Why do you want it inside? Sourdough pizza? Not normal. Not normal. <laughs> not for me. Okay. <laughs> It's a good game. We'll play more like... Send them in. Send them in if you want. Send them in if you want to play normal or not normal. We're more than happy to do normal or not normal. The recent Arctic Monkeys album? Not normal. <laughs> not normal. Weird. And I love them. I'd say one of my top three, five bands. But I literally... Ugh, like a million. <laughs> there we go. We'll play another round of normal, not normal next week. Next week. Next week. Catchphrase, I like. Catchphrase is fucking normal. Deal or no deal? 
Yeah, that got normal by the end. The first couple of weeks, it weren't normal. That was not normal. And then once I got the grips of it, I was like, ah, oh, I get you now. But the first week of that, I was like, this is not normal. <laughs> Oh, dear Rob, Josh and Michael, as a family, I don't know what this topic is. I'll just read it out. We'll try and work out why it's meant to be funny. You're so loose, Nick, now. Look at yeah. you, freewheeling. Don't give a shit. As a family, we went on holiday camping in France and ended the holiday in the south of France. We picked up my sister and her boyfriend who wanted a lift home. Yeah, a lift all the way back to the UK. We were a family of five and had a five-seater car, so we didn't have space. So my dad said, don't worry, I'll sort it. In my head, I thought he was thinking he might book flights for half the family to fly home. But no, he made a DIY seat for me in the car. The seat was two food trays stolen from the campsite, positioned in the front between the driver and the passenger seat on top of the handbrake. (laughs) That is mental. That is straight through the windscreen. At least the boot, you might stop halfway through the car. Yeah. He felt bad that there was no seatbelt, so he used bungee cords. Oh, my God. <laughs> that just does an accident, and they'll get out of the car, and she's strapped down. <laughs> well, if they, if they stop, and she's on a bungee cord, she might be the only person in an accident who's <laughs> fired the other way. She'll land in Luton about two days later. We drove from the south of France back to Hertfordshire, and when we went through the border, I had to hide in the footwell. <laughs> so I was unsafely sitting on the handbrake, and now an illegal transfer into the UK. These people smuggling. I surprisingly survived the drive home. Thanks for the laughs. Uh, Felicity from Cambridge. Oh. Is there another boomer? Yeah. Um, we do talk about Father Christmas. So if you are listening with younger people, you might want to uh, listen later. Here we go. Hello. In 1984, I was six years old and had asked Father Christmas for a BMX. On Christmas Eve, my dad said, ooh, what colour do you reckon the bike will be? And I said, red. He said, I reckon it's going to be blue. And he said, I bet you 50 pence it's blue. I took the bet. Oh, come on now. On Christmas morning, Father Christmas left me a blue BMX. My dad said, a bet's a bet. You owe me 50p. Oh, my God. Which I happily handed over from my NatWest piggy bank as he'd obviously won the bet fair and square. Fast forward four years, I didn't know what I found more upsetting. Finding out there was no Father Christmas or finding out my dad was lying, cheating, robbing bastard, anonymous. Oh, that is is good. I I admire the uh, hustle. Do you want one? Hi, Rob and Josh. Oh, this is a good one for normal or not normal. Butternut squash. (laughs) Not normal. Your butternut squash story a while back reminded me of a story about my childhood that I thought I'd share with you. When I was about six, my parents were avid gardeners and had grown an enormous marrow the size of a small toddler. I picked this marrow and, like Josh's daughter, decided it was my new baby. Bloody hell, this was a while ago, wasn't it? I wondered what the butternut squash story was. I put it in clothes, pushed it around in the pram, slept with it, and even insisted on having its own chair at the dinner table. My parents were not happy about this, probably worried that their daughter was a complete lunatic. Luckily, they saw an opportunity to get rid the school harvest festival. On the morning of the harvest festival, they snuck the baby marrow out of its breakfast chair and into the car boot. Little did they know that their demon daughter had seen this ploy coming a mile off. I took all my pocket money into school and purchased my marrow back, <laughs> proudly bringing it home with me when the nanny collected us. My parents got home from work to find me in the marrow sitting watching TV and thought they'd gone mad. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Amazing work even. Sorry. Connie. Connie. It's nice, isn't it? I, I think that's impressive. You respect the hustle. How yeah. old was she, did it say? Six. Six. Buying marrows at six. Yeah. Different world back then, wouldn't it? Marrow's a shit. It's a fucking rubbish marrow, isn't it? What is marrow? 
It's a big courgette. What are you doing for marrow? You're a veggie. I don't know, really. I just think they've died out, really. No one really eats them anymore. Maybe you'd have it stuffed. Maybe you'd have stuff in it, like rice and shit. Do you know what uh, is a normal now that I don't think used to be a normal? Courgette. Hummus. Hummus. Is hummus normal? I think hummus is normal. Yeah? Are olives normal? Depends on the type. Just plain black and green ones. But if they start going a bit wacky with it... Yeah, yeah. Not normal. Yeah. Um, funny breastfeeding fail. Hi, guys. When the listeners were recounting stories of breastfeeding, I felt compelled to tell you about my experience. My husband and I were attending a good friend's wedding, and it was as it was only two months after our son was born, we had to bring him with us because I was breastfeeding. To fully enjoy the night, we had a sitter organised so I could party without alcohol. No one's judging you here. No. And told the girl, well, actually I would if she said with alcohol, fucking loads of it, and then I still breastfed. Yeah, got hammered, did a couple of pills. Yeah, no, I would I would judge, actually. To fully enjoy the night, we organised a sitter so I could party without alcohol and told the girl that I would return at 11pm to feed the baby, leaving some expressed milk just in case. I returned at the agreed time to a very proud teenage babysitter telling me that the baby woke early and she'd given him the milk. That's when the troubles began. I went back to the party but couldn't fully get into the swing of things due to my engorged breasts. And that lasted until about 1.30am. I went to bed, leaving hubby in the bar with whiskey and friends. He later returned to me about 5am with the baby blissfully asleep and me crying into the beautiful bed because I was so full of milk I couldn't move. Oh my God. I knew it was going to be another two hours before the baby would wake up. Oh, God. Oh, we didn't want to ruin the new 7 a.m. waking routine. Oh, no. I had not brought the expressing pump. If this goes where I think it's going to go, I think it's one of the worst stories I've ever heard. You think we would be wise since this was number three, but we forgot the expressing pump. So my husband did what any good husband would do and offered oh, no. to help oh. me out. Oh, no, 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 no. You guessed it. No, yeah, I've, I did guess it, yeah. My husband latched on. Oh, my fucking Nora. You, your relationship's and... <laughs> never coming back from that. That's it. It's game over. And nearly choked on the force and volume of milk oh. to the point where he had to sit up and burp himself. Oh, my. So he downed it. He downed it. Oh my, this is just, no, this is, oh no, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. Needless to say, my husband, no, I don't, I don't want to. didn't get up for the breakfast because he was full. No! Oh my word. (laughs) That's foul. But this remains a very mixed emotional memory. (laughs) Mixed? What do you mean mixed? Where's the positive? Couldn't you just get it going and then like, you know, like you do with like a... When you get your siphoning petrol. So you think he should have sucked and spat rather than sucked and drunk? Yes. It's two hours. Anyway, so this is quite interesting here, Josh. She's remained anonymous. How is that a better option than waking your baby up? I'm sorry. He must have been absolutely stuffed full of milk. I had a big one last night. Yeah, five pints, four whiskies, and two breasts of milk. Oh, my God. But then she says... Well, she remains very mixed emotionally about this. Why? We haven't mentioned this to anyone for fear of others' responses. Yeah. And my husband doesn't know that I've bared all. Keep regaling us with hilarious parenting experiences. Thanks and not. That is, that's, I'd say, the greatest email we've ever received. That is unbelievable. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. My, oh, my. My, oh, my. That is something else. How do you follow that? Let's do a ghost story. I haven't had one of these in a while. Hi, guys. Love the show and have listened religiously since day one. Every Sunday, 11 a.m.? Just listen to episode series six, episode 43. There you go. We all know what that means. What's that? I don't know. Okay. My, in brackets, late husband passed away suddenly 10 years ago, aged 37. Oh, 
I'm so sorry. When my daughters were aged nine and 20 months. Oh, that is brutal. That is tough. A few months later, do you know when I said, how do we follow that story about the breastfeeding? <laughs> He's really gone for a gear shift here, boy. <laughs> this is, Alex Jones would be going, this is too much. Either you've proofread this and you've planned this absolutely perfectly, or you've gone in dry and you're panicking. Yeah, it's the second one. <laughs> Go on. A few months later, my then two-year-old Tilly was playing whilst I was making dinner. She asked me calmly, oh God, this is going to spook me out, who the man was sitting on the worktop. What man, I asked. The one that looks like the picture of daddy, she replied. Oh my God. Oh my God. I stopped in my tracks. All I can see, Rob, is this does end with three emojis, so it's not going to be awful. It depends on the emojis, isn't it? The emojis are... It's an aubergine, splash of water, and a dog. Aubergine, Rob. <laughs> normal or not normal aubergine. <laughs> um, winky face, and then the tongue out winky face. Right. And then the kissing a heart. Right, so it's a nice, nice end. Okay. I stopped in my tracks, turned around. Of course, there was nobody there. And asked if she could describe him. She calmly replied, he's smiling, he has black hair and he's wearing a blue t-shirt, trousers just like yours and shoes like yours. I was wearing jeans and black converse. A tear fell from my eye. Obviously, unbeknownst to my daughter, when asked to provide clothing for my husband's funeral, I provided his favourite Laufleur polo shirt, super dry jeans, same as mine, and his black converse in which he was cremated. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, wow. That is amazing, isn't it? Since then, I truly believe that young children have some kind of sixth sense, as there was no way she could have known this information. As I kept these details from our daughters, it has comforted me these past 10 difficult years to think that his spirit is out there somewhere, and he's finally at peace. Lots of love to you both and your families. Cherish them and tell them you love them every day, as we can never predict life's curveballs. Belle from Talbot, North London. Oh, that is a lovely email. Thank you so much, Bill. It's very kind of you to share that. I'd say the last ten minutes of this podcast has really—I'm a mess. Gone to... <laughs> I don't know what I'm feeling anymore. <laughs> oh my god! Where do we go now? Pick one at random, Rob. God knows what it's going to produce. Well, the only way we could go up a level now is if one of them's an email from Rose or Lou telling us she wants a divorce. That's the only way we could go up. <laughs> If someone's breastfed a ghost. <laughs> That's the ultimate combo. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's go to Boomer. Boomer never lets us down, does it? Boomer never lets us down. Let's go for a Boomer. Hi, Rob and Josh. Just as a disclaimer, I have the best mum and wouldn't change her for the world. Here we go. <laughs> my brother was a bit of a rogue teenager, always falling out of my parents and being, let's say, a bit of a devil. Yeah. I think most 80s kids grew up on chicken nuggets and fish fingers as we were, but my brother was never happy with any meal my mum served. He moaned at every meal time and was pretty rude to my long-suffering mum, oh. often saying dog food would be better. Well, that's not oh. very nice, is it? Yeah. Uh, it depends on the dinner, though, doesn't it? Let's, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. They were getting cat food. <laughs> One day we all sat down for dinner, TV dinners, of course, and my brother had a different meal to us, a delicious-looking meat pie with puff pastry and mashed potato. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this episode of podcast? <laughs> Everything is making me struggle in some way. He wolfed it down without oh, complaining, fuck. which was a first. My mum said, did you enjoy that? Yes, he replied. Well, you always say dog food would be better. I hope you enjoyed your dog food pie. Oh, my God. She'd made a meat pie with a tin of dog food. Needless oh. to say, he never complained about a meal after that. Thanks for keeping me entertained with the podcast. You guys are great. Anonymous fucking dog food pie. Fucking hell. That is fair play. Jesus Christ. I'm a small business shower. Yeah, let's do a small business. And then I'm going to go for like a cold shower or something just to kind of... Um, or do you want one more? Hang on, what have we got here? Oh, here we go. Let's finish with this. Caught having an affair story. Oh, yes, please. 
Here we go. This episode's absolutely fucking bananas. Please be from Lou. Please be from Lou. Here we go. Call cool, having an affair. Hello. I have a story about a wife catching her husband cheating. Please keep me anonymous as she will kill me. My mum's friend walked in on her husband in bed with another man. Oh. She didn't say anything but simply turned around and left the house. Because we, yeah. we were talking about what we'd do if we caught a partner cheating and you were unsure about to attack the affair yeah. in case they beat you up with an erection naked and you were on the floor as his knob and balls were sort of waggling near your head. Yeah. Anyway, this lady was a bit more gracious and just simply turned around and left the house. Knowing her husband was immediately going away for work, once he'd left for work and gone to the airport, she let herself back into the house and went round the entire house sprinkling crest seeds in his beloved shagpile carpets. Yeah. She then watered them <laughs> and took all of her things and left the house. Oh. He returned from business to find his whole house of carpets covered in fully grown crests. <laughs> I didn't know crest could grow in carpets. Well, I suppose it grows on um, cotton wool, doesn't it? Yeah, like cotton wool. So, yeah, she just let herself back in and absolutely... How do you get Chris out of a carpet? Oh, my word. That's a killer. That's a good one, isn't it? Right. Oh, my word. Small business? Yeah. Why not? More catching people having affairs and what you did, please, and how you dealt with it. We like that. Yeah. Love a fair chat. Right. Small bees near. Right. Hi, Rob and Josh. I'm very late to the party. I got a uh, tip off. From a choir member, I lead choirs in Yorkshire and started listening to your podcast last week. Mm-hmm. I'm a mum of two living in Shipley and set up a business just after COVID called This Is Your Song. I wrote bespoke songs for any occasion, birthdays, Valentine's, baptisms, weddings, etc. A great personal gift for someone you love. The website is www.thisisyoursong.co.uk. Tar Rosie. Well, despite her lack of history listening to us, there you go. Sure she'll stick around now, though. She's here, here for life. Here we go. Here for life. Hi, both. Would love a small business shout-out for one of my best friends' business. It's the Somerset Chili Garden, run by best friends Kayla and Harry, who planted 150 chili plants in Jan 2020 after it being a drunken idea one night in a pub. Two years on, and they make amazing hot sauces, chili jams, and chocolates. Love a hot sauce. Oh, I love a hot sauce. Ribman's hot sauce is good for a small business shout-out. Have you ever had Ribman sauce? No. It's amazing. You're like They do vegetarian as well. I'll get involved. Very nice. And vegan, because Romesh has it. Um, anyway, but let's not forget about the Somerset Chili Garden as well. Two is where they make amazing hot sauces, chili jams, and chocolates from a wide variety of organic chilies grown in the Mendip Hills of Somerset. Lovely. That's near you, isn't it? That's where you grew up, isn't it? No, but yeah. They also do um, <laughs> they also do amazing grazing platters for parties, weddings, locally in Somerset. You can find them at somersetchiligarden.co.uk or Somerset underscore chili underscore garden on Instagram. Thank you so much, Abby, and my 11-month-old Caspian. Get yourself some Somerset chili garden. Lovely. Josh, that is our small business shout-out. There we go. It's been a pleasure, Rob. Yeah. Oh, also, Lou got me a grazy pickle from Father's Day, which we shouted out before. Yeah. Because we mentioned on here. And uh, very nice. And the lady is saying that um, she's had loads of orders and people ordering stuff. So thank you to all the listeners. Yeah. Thank you for supporting us. Because these aren't just, we don't just do these and people forget. It genuinely does affect these people, which blows our mind, really. It's great. Yes. Yeah, so we've had loads of emails from people that's like they can go full time now or they've like managed to, you know, get a bit of extra money when they've been struggling because the amount of people that are going to these companies. So please keep using these companies and ordering stuff because it makes a massive difference to people. And yeah. if you've got a small business that you want um, us to give a shout out to, let us know and we'll do that as well. But um, yeah. Yeah, thank you to everyone that's buying things or using things or giving to charities and stuff that we say. It's very kind of you and it's not very going nice. unnoticed. 
Thank you very much. I'd say it is a Hall of Famer episode for various reasons. Yes, a lot going on in that episode, wasn't there? There's a lot to enjoy there. At one point, I was nearly physically sick and crying at the same time. And I've not had that since Norovirus 2018. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. See you, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, I'm Jen Brister. And I'm Kerry Godleyman. And we host the brand new podcast series, Memory Lane. Each week, we'll be taking a trip down memory lane with our very special guests as they bring in four photos from their past to talk about. And Jen and I will be doing new episodes every week. Come on, we can all be nosy together. Memory Lane Podcast, available now.